I'd like to say a special thanks to Avon for supporting this episode of Beauty Life Lessons. Avon has just launched their brand new Renewal Eye Cream, the perfect product to complement their top-rated and customer-favorite Renewal Power Serum. Powered by Avon's award-winning Protonol technology, this duo helps to restore years of collagen loss, boost collagen production, and delivers up to seven age-defying skin benefits in just seven days. To find out more and shop products now, speak to your Avon rep or shop directly online at avon.uk.com or on Amazon. Hello and welcome to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Vischer. Today's guest is the legendary Samantha Chapman, renowned makeup artist, businesswoman and YouTube personality. In this episode, she talks us through her best, highly sought after makeup tips. If you're doing a strong red lip, you could you could not put a base on or you put just a tinted moisturiser on instead of a full heavy base. Let's listen to the secrets behind the low maintenance look. Whichever one, choose makeup or hair, but one of them needs to look like you haven't put any effort into it at all. And reveals one of her biggest beauty blenders to date. I decided to crop my hair off. I just went to a local hair salon and cropped my hair off. Hello and welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Not at all. Um, So first of all, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to getting into all of your best pieces of beauty advice today, obviously. But before we kick off, I'd really love to know what your beauty vibe is as a whole. So do you find you accumulate lots of different products or are you quite streamlined in your approach? Do you know your favorites and stick to them? That kind of thing. I think I'm pretty streamlined in my overall style of what I like, but because of the job that I do, I try out different things all the time. So, you know, you you rarely see me in the same makeup all the time, even though I do have a look that I prefer. So if I was going to an event or something, it would always, almost always be a very similar look, which tends to be um, a nice base, brows, probably not any eyeshadow at all, a bit of mascara and then a red lip. So I keep it really, really simple. But I think for me, when I think about makeup, it generally tends to be quite undone makeup. I don't like anything that looks too perfect. I really like makeup that, that tells the story. Um, so I'm, I'm not adverse to makeup. That's a bit disheveled. If you know what I mean? Like I, I like it to look like I've had fun. Yes. So you're, you're formulaic, but then quite intuitive with it still. For sure. I, I, I really am not keen on the look that when it looks like I've spent 45 minutes or an hour doing my makeup, because that actually isn't very me. I'm, I'm really very slapdash in my everyday life. Obviously when I do a video and I, I talk to people online, that might take me an hour or an hour and a half to do that makeup because I'm talking while I think. But overall, if I was doing my makeup, I probably don't ever spend more than 15 minutes on it. And yeah, I, I don't like it to look like I have either. And, and I mean, that leads us quite neatly into our first category. And I feel it's so hard for me to actually ask you what your, the best piece of makeup advice you've ever been given or the best piece of makeup advice you have for people is because you have such a legacy in this area. But let's try. <laughs> okay, well, it was really hard when I had to think about these because obviously I have to give you one. And so I'm, I'm thinking about the one piece of advice that works for everyone because obviously advice is quite 
specific to each person because we all have different faces. We all have different skin types. Advising on products is almost impossible when you're talking about everyone. So the one piece of advice that I would give is when you do your makeup, leave one feature free of makeup. So whatever that is. So if you're if you're doing a strong red lip, you could you could not put a base on or you put just a tinted moisturizer on instead of a full heavy base. Or if you're doing a strong eye, you might want to just wear a lip balm with it. Or yeah. sometimes you want a really, really bold, say you wanted like a really bold fuchsia pink lip, which is actually really difficult to wear. If you wore it with no mascara, it would look effortlessly cool. Gosh, I wouldn't have even thought of doing that. It reminds me of that. Um, didn't Coco Chanel have a tip that to look classy before you go out of the door, take off one accessory? It's the same thing. You just, it's like the negative space. Just leave one thing free and it will always look good. And that's how you get that cool girl, don't even Completely. care. Yeah, that's yeah. such good advice. And it's so simple. I'm going to start doing that now. <laughs> and then obviously skincare. I'm sure you find is so intrinsic to great makeup. Was it equally as hard to come up with the best piece of advice for skincare? Yes, because I want it to be useful for everyone. So again, it's really difficult, but it's probably the piece of skincare advice that everyone gives everyone whenever they come on these podcasts, which is um, if you wear a good SPF straight away now, then you will save so much money on skincare that would be dealing with sun damage later on. SPF is absolutely key. And also the other thing is a really good SPF moisturizer combo is is so brilliant to work a nice foundation over the top of. Um, So it shouldn't really make any difference. It's not like you have to put an extra layer on. You just pick a moisturizer with an SPF in it, like a good SPF, like a 30 plus. Yeah. Have you seen a change in formulations over the year? the years in terms of, was it ever quite hard to find an SPF that actually helped your makeup sit well? I never wore it because I didn't really understand it. And because I, I was lucky enough to have pretty good skin and I didn't ever really go out in the sun. And so I thought, well, that's fine. Then I don't really need it. And also I was so desperate to ever have a little bit of tan a little bit of a tan that I thought that if I went without SPF, that would, that meant that I could, you know, get a little bit of color on my skin really. But, um, I think this is the thing now we understand much more, um, how important SPF is to your overall look. And yeah, there's definitely been a change with the textures and the payoffs. And certainly if we look at something like ultra violet, they have a product called, I think it's called dream screen. And that's an SPF 50 um, foundation. So you've got your moisture, your SPF and your foundation in one. I I mean, I think you probably would want to wear an extra SPF underneath because the amount of SPF you need to wear really to cover yourself for the harmful rays now would be more than you would use if you were using a foundation. Do you know what I mean? You'd have to have it thicker, but certainly if you're just popping out, it's going to cover you. It's better than nothing is what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. And when you're on holiday, how do you get around the reapplication of SPF when you're wearing makeup? I I don't really wear makeup when I go. I mean, I I wear like a tubing mascara and I might wear a tinted SPF, but I wouldn't ever wear a foundation that wasn't an SPF tinted. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't see the point really, because you're just going to sweat it off anyway. 
So for me, I just put more on. It's, yeah, it's, you know, not an issue. And there are so many great tinted ones, aren't there? And of course, for people, like you said, who are after that kind of glow, there's so many more products and techniques available to achieve that without sticking your face in the sun, right? Completely. I, absolutely. And I do feel like there's so there's like an SPF or a tinted SPF for everyone now. You've got matte ones. You've got ones with a glow if you've got dry skin like me, you know, and then you just pop a little bit of concealer on where you need it, mascara, lip balm, you're done. The one thing that I will always take, well, actually I'll take four or five because I'm a bit obsessive about it, is red lipsticks. Wherever I go, I will have a bunch, like an, like an army, a little army of red lipsticks. I'll have, you know, Lady Danger will always be in there. There'll be like a variety going from an orange all the way up to like, you know, a cherry red or a raspberry red just to cover myself, even though I probably won't even wear them, but I just like to have them. And you, and you mentioned Lady Danger. What are your other current favorites? Oh my goodness. Um, so I really like Shiseido Nightlife. That's a beautiful kind of true red. Uh, Lisa Eldridge does one called Palazzo, which I think is brilliant because it's a buildable red and it's a neutral red. So it's going to look great on everyone. But also if you're starting out as a red lipstick wearer, you can, you can wear it as like a tint, you know, just push it on with your fingers and build up to being comfortable in it. So I think that's a brilliant color. I mean, I could go on with red lipsticks. I could talk about this all day with you, honestly. (laughs) And then moving on to hair. I mean, I'm, you know, listeners can't see you right now, but I'm looking at you. You've got this gorgeous, glossy bob that's just any way you move it. It looks amazing. What is your top hair tip? Okay. So this is similar to the first one because it's in conjunction with makeup. So my top hair tip And then I'll give you a product I love after. But uh, my top hair tip is when you do makeup and hair, only one of them must be done and one of them must be effortless, right? So whichever one, choose makeup or hair, but one of them needs to look like you haven't put any effort into it at all. Because if you do them both, they're both done, you look like you're going to a wedding. Do you know what I mean? It's too much. So one or the other, never both. It doesn't matter if you took four hours to do your hair, providing it looks effortless. You know, if you think about Brigitte Bardot with her kind of like half updo or even her full updo, it looks like she just stuck one pin in it, right? That's what I'm talking about. It could be super, super easy, but you know, one of them always has to look like you put no effort in. That's my tip for hair. If you want a good product, <laughs> my, the, the product I'm into at the moment is the new Sam McKnight Sea Spray. It's a salt spray, but it's not crispy. And I've always loved the idea of them because I have this very thick hair. I like the separation that a sea salt spray gives me, but I don't like the crunchiness. I don't like the kind of stickiness. I can't bear it because I like to be able to flick my hair and put my hands through it. So, you know, that's a great product. And then on a third tip, don't wash your hair too often. Oh, how often (laughs) do you wash yours? Not very often at all. Um, Once every five days. I hardly ever wash it. And hairdressers are always really proud of me for not washing it. You say that, you think that actually they're going and they're going, you are gross. But the truth is, if I was to wash my hair more more often, it's frizzier, it's drier, it's really difficult to manage. So 
straight after I've washed my hair, it's horrible to manage. So what do you do in between? Because I, I probably, I don't wash it every day at all. I probably like three to four days, but I know by the yeah. end of that, I'm slicking it into a bun or totally. I'm using dry shampoo. Yeah. Well, I do those things. I tie it into a bun. The, the less you wash it, the less your hair is producing oil. Do you know what I mean? The more you do it, the more you, you get into this little cycle. And I remember whenever I used to do session works, the, the hairdressers would hate it when the models would come in with clean hair because they can't do anything with it. They need it to be like two days in, you know, for it to really, it needs to be that kind of, otherwise they won't hold. So, yeah. um, yeah, for me, I'm the same. I don't like my hair freshly washed. And if we're going back to your original tip of, you know, yeah. if your hair's done, pull the makeup back. If you'd got quite a done hair look going on, what, how would you do your makeup? Um, I might do, I might either do no, ma no mascara or no foundation. That doesn't mean no concealer, but something yeah. massive needs to be missing. That depends what you want. I mean, that no mascara is definitely a specific cool look that not everyone feels comfortable with, but it looks great when you see it. Like if you think, I mean, you'll know this, every, whenever you do a beauty shoot in Grazia or whatever, and it's a close up, no one uses mascara close up because it looks gross close up. And also it's just a, it's a very dated look. Yeah. But we like it because it makes our eyes look bigger. And, you know, we feel like it, most people feel like their eyes are their, their best feature and they want to draw attention to it. But, um, actually I love a no, a, a no mascara look. I actually don't know the exact product, but it's like a clear gloss sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. To add like a yeah. luster or definition, oh, which is like, I remember, gosh, I remember using clear mascara. My, my, my mom wouldn't let me use anything else back in the day from body shop or collection. <laughs> oh, I thought I love that. My mum was the worst with beauty tips. Absolutely the worst. Apart from she did say, don't pluck your eyebrows. And then of course I did, but then we'll get onto that. <laughs> I can feel it coming. Um, and now treatments, what are your go-to treatments and what are your best pieces of treatment advice? So treatments for me, I, I, I plucked all my eyebrows out in the nineties. And so, um, I, I struggled with having no eyebrows for years and it's, it is actually really aging. Um, and so I, I ended up having microblading and I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I, it's, it lasts maybe, I think on, on me, it lasts quite a long time because I have very dry skin, but I think if we're generous, probably the worst it's going to last is a year and the most it's going to last is three years, somewhere in that time frame, And it will gradually fade out and then you can just have it redone again. But it's just, for me, mine have very much faded, but I use it as a, I use it as a guide to draw over the top of, and it's just so useful to have that microblading there. So I think that that's a really good one. If you, if, if you're more my age or you just don't have very many eyebrows. And we'll be right back after this little aside on our series partner, Avon. With 137 years in the business, Avon has built its prestigious legacy on beauty innovation. Avon are passionate about creating products that embrace the latest trends and cutting edge technology. And then of course, there's their latest product, Avon's Power Eye Cream. Team it up with their Power Serum and you've got the ultimate power couple, which helped to restore years of collagen loss, 
boost your skin's collagen production and deliver up to seven powerful skin benefits in just seven days. So for smoother and firmer looking and more resilient peeling skin, shop with your Avon rep online at avon.uk.com or on Amazon. And how would you advise people go about finding the perfect sort of microblade for them? And then when you go in, what sort of brief do you give them? I looked on Instagram. I looked at, every, at people's work. I looked at their before and afters um, to, to see really. When I went in to have my brows done, obviously I was pretty specific about what I wanted. I'm like, oh, I don't want them too blocky. I don't want them too angular. You know, I just want them to look like my brows would look because especially with the Kardashians, that became a very specific eyebrow look. And I never had those brows originally. So I think that what you want to do is try and aim for what you had originally as close to that as possible. And I feel like that's the same with tweakments as well. I mean, if you're going to go down the route of Botox fillers, which I have, um, then the aim is really to, to try to rejuvenate, but not to look different. I think if you go down the route of trying to look different, that's when it starts to maybe not look quite as good as it could. So with brows, I guess you could almost bring in pictures of what your brows were like when they were full. You can completely do that. And a good, a good person, a good technician will, will be able to recreate that for you. Was that first appointment quite a daunting one for you? Because I imagine as a makeup artist, as a pro has always had total control over your brows and your, you know, everything going on on your face. Was it difficult to hand over that control to somebody else? I don't find it that difficult to hand over the control, but that's more to do with the fact that I'm incredibly impulsive than it is to do with anything else. I think I'm the sort of person that just does and then regrets rather than really, really plans it out. I tend to go into it and go, I've picked you. I trust you. I don't want to, I don't want to be that niggly person who's like really controlling. I've trusted myself to come here and do this. So, and, and sometimes that pays off and sometimes it doesn't, to be honest, which is why I have no tattoos, you see, because I think, uh, something that's permanent like that would worry me more. Whereas with microblading, it's not permanent. You can get it removed. So yeah. I know you can get tattoos removed now, but you know. No, it's um, very different. So yes, I think, I think that's, that's true of me. I, I sort of do now and then worry about it afterwards. But it also does make for fun hairstyles. This is true and a great set of brows, clearly. Completely, yeah. <laughs> And then when it comes to self-care, what is your approach to self-care? Um, I've never been very good at self-care at all. I've not been because actually makeup has always been my hobby and my job. And so that was my self-care. Essentially, when I wanted some space some headspace or, or, you know, basically any time I, I needed to, to chill out, I would sit down and I would do makeup. I wouldn't necessarily film it. I mean, obviously that's how this whole job came about, but, um, you know, I guess probably 90% of the time I'm still doing makeup and trying things out. I'm just not filming it. So as I've got older, um, I've been like, mm, I, I need to do something more than that. I need to do something more than that. So I tried to get into fitness so many times over the years, but I wasn't, it was never able to stick. 
And I, when I think about it now, I think maybe that was that I did it for the wrong reasons because I did it because, uh, I thought that I wanted to look better for everyone else. And then now that I'm a grown up, I suppose I chose to go to the gym because I actually wanted to go for headspace and it's two very different places to be. So this, so this time it's completely stuck. I've been going to the gym for about a year and a half now. And I love it because it is now my new headspace before I was doing it because I wanted to be thinner. Do you know what I mean? And now I don't do it for that reason at all. I never think about that. I go because it's really nice to move and it's really nice to be able to lift things. And mostly it's really nice not to wake up in the morning and have aches and pains that I was getting. So yeah, I do that every day, 8am I go for an hour and I just lift things and move things about in the gym. I never do cardio because I know I don't enjoy it. And it's really important for me to enjoy doing things that are my headspace. So I'll go and I'll lift things and I'll move things around and and that's it. And then after that, my day is great because it's out of the way. But yeah, I mean, that, that's my self-care, I think, which is really just to really consider the reasons that you go and do it for you rather than anyone else. Yeah. It's a real change in the relationship with kind of, or that you had with working out, I guess. And like you said, you're doing it for totally different reasons and it must feel so refreshing to, you know, if that's something you love to do that, have that time for yourself every day at 8am. And how that's yeah, your day. Completely. I, I never thought about it in that way before. I mean, I grew up in the nineties with, with all the supermodels and I just wanted, I just think probably like a lot of people my age, we were quite affected by the things that we saw and wanting to fit in. And I didn't really. Um, and so I always thought of it as a way of being thinner and it's really not you know, it's much more about like a mental clarity that you get when you go and you just do these things, you know, and then you're like, oh, that was great. And I feel better. Um, so it was nice to have that shift. Yeah, totally. And with most of us, like whether you've got an office job or, you know, a a job that, that you said is your hobby, like you, unless you're an athlete or, you know, a professional sports player, if you don't, consciously make time to move it doesn't often happen I remember being with a trainer and he said it's so rare now that humans twist if you're not a tennis player you're not twisting because we just walk in a straight line and we walk back in a straight line we sit down we get up and when you think about it like that it's quite scary and the other thing is when are we not in this position you know you're walking down the street sometimes I walk down the street and everyone has their head down looking at their phones So even just to straighten the spine and straighten up the neck, you know, and just like breathe through your whole body. We, we rarely do that these days because most of the time we're just sitting on a sofa or, you know, like you said, if, unless you have a job where you're physical, you're on your phone, you're on a computer, you're not really moving that much. So yeah, it's great. I love it. I really love it. I don't want to be that person that preaches about going to the gym, but I have become that person. (laughs) but you're preaching about it for the right reasons and even talking about it I'm now sitting taller and breathing deeper and it does just make a difference it totally does I totally get it and and as well it makes a huge difference to your digestion it makes a difference which makes a difference to your skin you know so many things I've noticed since I've been going to the gym that I just look my skin is more glowing definitely 
So I don't know. I assume it's because of that. There's no other thing that I'm doing particularly differently. And it's mindful as well. If you're doing like you're doing, you're lifting things and concentrating on your form. You've got one tab open. You can't think about anything else that's bothering you. And Totally. And also there's a lovely thing about progression. You know, I, I remember when I first started and, my, and I was like, God, I don't think this will ever stick. And my husband was like, trust me, it will. It will stick. When you, when you go up a weight, when you move up a weight or you see some definition in your arm, you'll just be like, oh, I'm in. You know, and that is what happens. You see like little changes, whether they're physical changes or they're emotional or mental, you do start to notice them across the board when you go to the gym. I want to go there now. <laughs> I've now got a craving. <laughs> and now for our lighthearted note, when we always finish on, talk me through your biggest beauty blunder to date. Do you even have one? Oh, so many. So many. And it's almost impossible really to pick one because every time I Google the early pixie woo pictures, I, I'm like, Christ, must never, ever, ever do that again. There was a particular set of, this is not it, there are others, but there is a particular set of photos when we first started um, working with, uh, with our brand Real Techniques where we had somebody style us and they did the hair and the makeup you know, the, the whole, the full hair and the makeup. The whole shebang. Oh my gosh. And then the outfit. And I really look like, what's her name from Anchor, from Anchorman. Oh my God. (laughs) I look exactly like her. You know, it's like, you can't really, you, it's an indefinable age. Oh, anyway, (laughs) um, that isn't, that, that wasn't a good moment. I think my worst though was shortly after I had my first daughter, I, decided to crop my hair off. I just went to a local hair salon and cropped my hair off and it looked so awful. And I didn't feel great about myself either because I just had a baby. I would say that was my absolute worst. But like I say, there are absolutely millions. I have done so many beauty blunders and I I quite enjoy it. Um, (laughs) This is the spontaneity you were talking about before. uh, Completely, completely. Yeah. I've always just been like, oh, crack on, let's let's do it. Like the whole of the 90s, I wore a brown lipstick, which was so bad on my skin tone. So, so bad. But I thought it looked great. I thought it was like a nude, but it really was like a deep red sort of bricky brown. Really bad. (laughs) Um, My first foundation was Biscuit from Rimmel, which was like wearing a mask. It was the wrong color, completely the wrong. So, I mean, I could go on, but I do love all the beauty mistakes. I would say the other one, this is one that people can learn from, is when I decided to get into wearing retinol, I'm not that great with skincare. I'm really good with makeup, but I'm not that great with skincare. So I was like, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do retinol. So I, I went to, I think I was in America on a trip and I was like, today's the day. So I went to probably Sephora and I bought maybe three different retinols in the strongest strength that I could get. And then I used them all that night. And uh, the next day my face was peeling off, at which point I like messaged Nadine Bagger and was like, Baggers, what have I done? What, tell me what to do. She's like, you're an idiot. You should have been buffering it. I'm like, buffering it? What do you mean? Um, <laughs> She's like, why so, yeah, time? Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Also, at the time I used it, I didn't even need retinol. So that's, that's extra hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but, um, ease into your retinol, guys. Sandwich it. Right. Totally <laughs> ease in. Um, only a couple of weeks ago, I did the same thing with an eye retinol. Uh, so I never learn. 
I never learn. Well, well, do we ever though? There's all, they're going to keep coming. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I really hope you've had fun too. I have. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Life Lessons from Grazia with me, Annie Vischer. Please keep listening for more episodes and listen back to previous episodes for some amazing guests sharing their top beauty tips. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. It really does make the difference to people finding us. See you next time. And thanks again to Avon for supporting this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. Don't forget to shop their skincare power couple, Renewal Power Serum and Renewal Power Eye Cream. And good news, Avon are currently running an offer until the end of June. Purchase both products for just £28 by speaking with your Avon rep or shopping online at avon.uk.com.